How's it going, everybody? Adrian here from The Gaming Observer, and welcome back to your daily news updates for Friday, October the 23rd. Halloween is next week, can you believe it? Man, oh man. We're gonna end off your week here with pretty slow news day, but we do have some things to talk about. And we're gonna kick things off with Fire Emblem. Now, 30 years ago, Nintendo released the first game in the Fire Emblem series. It was called Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light. It was really, really popular. It did quite well for 1990s standards, but it only ever released in Japan. It never had a Western release. And today, Nintendo announced that they're going to be digitally re-releasing the game on the Nintendo Switch. It's currently slated for December 4th, and it's gonna cost somewhere around $8, not bad. And it isn't gonna do anything new. They don't have remasters or anything like that. You're just gonna get the opportunity to play a localized version of the game for the first time. Unfortunately though, there is a kicker, which is that it has a limited release, which is to say you are no longer going to be able to purchase the game after March 31st, 2021. You might recall that they've done something similar with other games, notably Super Mario Bros. 35 and Super Mario 3D All-Stars, uh, both with the same date of final purchase, March 31st. And nobody seems to know for sure why Nintendo is doing this, besides creating artificial scarcity to drive sales. Some people have speculated that they want to drive results for the final quarter of their fiscal year, but Nintendo is doing better than ever this year. I mean, Switches are just flying off the shelves. So anyway, let's just hope that this is an experiment gone wrong, and we're never gonna have to worry about again come the end of March. Because, I mean, really, this is just ridiculous. Releasing a game just to unrelease it for no reason. You know, we see it sometimes with things like licensing issues, but that's after the game has been out for multiple years. These are specifically designed to only be out for a short period of time, and that really stinks. Attention all Minecraft players, uh, you are going to be required to have a Microsoft account tied to your Mojang account starting in early 2021. This goes for every version of the game, Java and Bedrock editions alike, and here's the justification in their blog post. Quote, Why? Think of it as a moving house. When you outgrow one place, you move on to the next. It involves a logistic effort, but once you're settled in your new home, you realize you'd do it ten times over just for that extra room. End quote. Uh, so their version of moving to a new home is going to allow them to have increased security for accounts, improved parental controls, chat features, and most notably, all of your PC Minecraft games are going to be connected to the same account. So right now, that's only Minecraft and Minecraft Dungeons, but for any games that they want to make in the future, they can tie it all together. They do reassure players that this isn't going to influence anything that they love about the Java edition of the game, which still has a sizable player base. And those who choose not to migrate their accounts will be unable to log into the game and play it. So, just thought I'd let you know. Other than those two stories, folks, there's not a tremendous amount going on in the video game world. Uh, I'll just mention a few stories here really quickly. There's a game that just launched on Steam called What the Golf. It's a ridiculous take on mini-golf. A lot of people really loved it on mobile. Uh, and now that it's on Steam, it also has a level editor, so you might want to check that out. It's pretty funny. Uh, if you're interested in Kojima Productions, those are the folks that did Death Stranding, they just confirmed that they're working on their next game, but that's about it. That's all we know. I'm sure we could have assumed that. Uh, if you head over to the Epic Game Store right now, you can pick up Costume Quest 2 and Layers of Fear 2. They are both free, and they're both Halloween-suitable games, but with very different tones. Feel free to check those out. And finally, if you are interested in video game movie adaptations, which has had a troubled history, I would say, uh, we just got the first screenshot of the upcoming Uncharted movie, and it stars Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. 
This film has been in the works for more than 10 years, so hopefully it found a good place to settle. Nonetheless, folks, that's going to wrap us for today. I'm going to be back this weekend with a couple more special shows. I'm going to be back with the news on Monday. I'd also like to give a huge thank you to Health for Life for leaving me a five-star review. And if you'd like to do that yourself, please head over to Apple Podcasts or any other podcast host of your choice. It really helps out. That's going to be all for today. Until next time, my friends, happy gaming, everyone. Hello, everybody. TGO After Show. Uh, there is one thing that blew up the internet in the world of video games that I didn't talk about, because I'm not one to really cover, you know, controversy in an official capacity. But here's what blew up Twitter the other day, well, today. This is a tweet by someone named Alex Hutchinson. He is a creative director of an internal studio at Google, and this is what he said, quote, Streamers worried about getting their content pulled because they used music they didn't pay for should be more worried by the fact that they're streaming games they didn't pay for as well. It's all gone as soon as publishers decide to enforce it. The next tweet, quote, The real truth is the streamers should be paying the developers and publishers of the game they stream. They should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use. End quote. Now, in a vacuum, this makes sense, right? When you look at it from the music industry, from many other industries, it's this very large issue that people are taking content and not paying the proper publishing rights or copyright rights. It's a huge thing, like, I know it from the theater scene, right? You can get nailed by playing, uh, and if any of you are in radio, then you're gonna know this, obviously. If you just, like, play pre-show music at a theater, you know, while, you, while everybody's waiting to sit down, waiting for the play to start... If you just play some music in that time, you actually need to pay a pretty hefty, hefty copyright uh, fee, basically a licensing fee, in order to play that music. Obviously, if it's, you know, composed by somebody in the company or something like that, no big deal, but you can't just pick any music that you want. So there's a basis of, of why this person is saying this. However, when it comes to streaming video games, it is also a, a t just a totally ignorant take for so many reasons. I mean, we know the big games recently, right? Among Us, Phasmophobia. These games would not have succeeded in the way that they did with advertisement, you know, campaigns. These games blew up because of Twitch streamers, you know, playing the game without licensing it. And had they not done that, then these games probably wouldn't have been successful. I'm not an expert in this by any means. There's probably many points that I would miss in having a discussion about this. Because, you know, a lot of people will talk about fair use or, you know, if you're streaming a game, is that really breaking a, a licensing issue? And then if it is, how far do you take it? Is, is letting a friend borrow a video game considered breaking a licensing issue? And if it's not, then is streaming your game to one friend, right? Like if you do it privately, over a Discord, private Discord channel, is that breaking a licensing issue? Because you're letting your friend watch you play a game? Or maybe to a few friends? How many friends is too many friends? You can go down that route. There's also the pragmatist sense of it, which is that 95% of streamers are not full-time. They do not make an income. It's probably not even 95, it's probably 99% of Twitch streamers would not be able to afford to license a video game and would have no reason to. They're not making any money off of it. So yes, maybe streamers like Ninja, maybe there's a justification there that he could say, hey, he's benefited a lot off of this game, let's, let's give him a licensing fee. But at the same time, is Fortnite a bigger game because of Ninja? I would argue that that's kind of its own licensing fee. The games are elevated by the streamers, that's, that's a simple fact. 
There's a lot more to say there. Um, I will say also that this Mr. Hutchinson guy, also just not a great guy. At one point, he seemed to indicate that video game journalists were racist because apparently Japanese developers were able to get away with more things in the eyes of the journalist. It was it was a weird take from 2010. So I, I don't want to give him too much attention, although that has kind of already happened. But at this point, it's it's I feel like it's silly to to suggest that Twitch streamers are really doing a bad thing at this point for video games. There's such a fundamental reason why video games are so popular now. Anyway, folks, that's uh, that's going to wrap us up for today. And until next time, farewell. <laughs>